When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody my guest is coming up in just a moment but i want to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by new works plumbing of sacramento locally owned for over 20 years new works has a fix for you just go to newworksplumbing.com n-e-w-w-r-x plumbing lake detection water line repair plumbing repair bathroom plumbing yes indeed make sure you get in touch with new works because they are a full service plumbing solution no matter how small or how large your plumbing problem They've got a fix for you. Again, that's newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. <clears throat> My guest uh, rejoins us here on the podcast. He has been on twice before. Uh, he is unbelievable. I-, I think it would be easier for me to just say what he has not done, and to the best of my knowledge, he's never done hockey, all right? I don't believe he's ever done hockey, but he's done the oh. – whoa, whoa, uh, wait a minute. Oh, you would be wrong. Oh, I'm wrong. See, uh, here I am, Tim Brando. <laughs> You've done the Major League, the NBA, the NFL, college basketball, college football. You've done – so you've done hockey. All right, got to tell me about it, Tim. Well, Brando. Now, let me, let me, now let me, listen, you'd have to go really into the archives to find it, <laughs> <laughs> but I did do it. Uh, <laughs> and it was in my first year, uh, on ESPN. It was the summer of 1985 in Baton Rouge at a place called the Centroplex. It was brand new. And it was an event that was called at that time, the national sports festival which morphed into the United States Olympic Festival, U.S. Olympic Festival. They called it America's Olympics. Do you remember that? It was a anthology series that um, ESPN got a hold of through the USOC huh. to run in the, uh, in the summertime in the off years of the Olympics. So if the Olympics were in 84, they'd have it in 85, 86, 87, not have it obviously in 88 because of the Olympics and so on. It went away in probably the mid-90s, mm. and I was gone by that time. But they asked me to do two-camera hockey. Wow. <laughs> How a, about that? With like a popsicle truck uh, with the controls. <laughs> and uh, and you'll love this. Fred <laughs> Godelli was the, uh, the producer. He was just in the chair for the first time. He had been an AD. Fred is now, of course, you know, multiple Emmy Award-winning producer of Sunday Night Football. And is uh, just cranking up the Amazon thing with Al Michaels. Uh, this coming, I, I, actually, I said two camera. It was one camera. Wow! Uh, 
One I'm camera. Was too, wow. I was giving us way too much credit. I think we did a few shows with two cameras uh, from what we called the flash unit. And I did judo and I did, uh, I did table tennis. I did all these, you know, what the beginners would do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim Simpson, the legendary Jim Simpson of the early, early days of ESPN was hosting. And I'll never forget, I had to find out, um, uh, you know, what the glossary of the sport was because I didn't know. I called some friends of mine that knew hockey. And, uh, they, you know, Tim, don't say, uh, don't say the puck goes up against the wall. They're boards. <laughs> you know, I, I right. literally had to start from the ground up. But, gosh, there were guys like Pat Richter playing. Wow, Pat Richter. Players at that time, junior wow. players. Wow. Uh, Craig Willannon, if you remember that name. Unbelievable. Uh, from way back in the day, he was playing. Wow. And, you know, they had a north, south, east, west team. I, I want to say that all the fans in Baton Rouge got behind the north team because they were wearing purple and gold. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But uh, A-House, which was a, a magazine that was all hockey all the time, did a story on the young broadcaster, the only one that they knew of, that was born south of the Mason-Dixon line that had ever called hockey. Now, we only did about three or four minutes of play-by-play at one time. I had no analyst, right. so it was just me. Yep. And I was scared to death. Uh, I got through it, and I didn't, you know, I faked it as well as I could. You know, keeping up with the players, that wasn't the problem. Here's where the problem would come up, Grant. And this is why I had to have a spotter that was an aficionado. Instead of writing names down, I put down all of the little items that were glossary items. Like, for instance, if there was a penalty for high stick. You know, or three minutes. He's getting a five-minute major. You know, right. I need to know that. Right. Because in hockey, when they blow the whistle, if you're not someone that really knows and loves the game and have been around it forever, yeah. Yeah. hell, I wasn't going to know the difference between offsides and icing. I mean, I, I had no way of knowing. So I would tell my spotter, look, just point. Is it is it offsides or is it icing? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> you know, and, and that's how I skated through it. I got through. With the show, went back to the hotel. I lived in Baton Rouge at the time. I was still, I was freelancing. I was working in Baton Rouge television at the CBS affiliate. And I was cutting my teeth at ESPN and basically, in a lot of ways, I guess, auditioning for a full-time job, which uh, a year later, I would be moving up to Bristol and and doing that. But uh, I went back to the hotel where all of our colleagues were and and Simpson said, well, Tim, you did a fine job. And I said, well, Tim, I certainly hope I never, ever have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I've, never, I, I've never been so happy to yeah. be off the air in my entire life that uh, I was that night. Well, see, I'm wrong. Okay, so let me redo the intro. I am now absolutely delighted to welcome to my podcast a man that has done it all. He has done baseball. He's done football. He's done hockey. He's done, I mean, that is absolutely beautiful. And I... Uh, yeah. I haven't done horse racing or auto racing. Okay. That would be it. Wow. That's pretty much All right. the, uh, you know, the only ones <laughs> I never touched. I think everything else. I did 26 different sports. That's awesome. Overall, and 25 of them I did in my nine years at ESPN. Man, that is just absolutely phenomenal. And yeah. you just got back from playing in a golf tournament with somebody that is just a delight and a phenomenal person to talk to. Larry, the cable guy. How was that? It was wonderful. You know, I, I met um, uh, Dan Whitney is his name, and he was a stand-up, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, for a number of years and and really not quite uh, getting where he wanted to go. And one of his buddies told him that this bit that he did as part of his stand-up 
about Larry the Cable Guy, the redneck cable guy. <laughs> he said, if you just stuck uh, stuck with that, you'd be a hit. And so he did an entire set one night as Larry the Cable Guy, and the rest is history. Blue collar humor. He and uh, uh, all those guys got yeah. together and and became rock stars for comedy. And uh, I met him quite by chance. You'll love this, having covered a number of big events like mm-hmm. Super Bowls and whatnot. Sure. I'm doing my old radio show, the Tim Brando Show, that was also televised on CBS Sports Network. I'm in Indianapolis in 2012 uh, is the year, or 2011. It may have been 11. The one in Indianapolis. I think it might have been 11. Yeah, the Giants and the Patriots. I think was in New Orleans. Yeah. So I think it was 2011 uh, in uh, Indianapolis. Yep. And as, as what can happen when you're on, quote, unquote, Radio Row at the Super Bowl, you know this from experience, you've got certain people planned for certain segments, but then all of a sudden sometimes the promoters or the people they're doing the endorsements for get them to you early. Absolutely. Or maybe somebody gets there late. Anyways, you can have crossover. I remember uh, CBS News had scheduled Bob Schieffer to be a guest of mine, wow. and Leslie Ann Wade walks over, the publicist for CBS, and uh, along with Kaylee Hartung, who now reports for GMA, she was like the right hand uh, of, of, of his show, Face the Nation. And uh, Schieffer's an old TCU guy, loves college football, was happy to see me. But then here's already sitting there because he was late for his segment was Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> and, and then the NFL brings up this rookie that had just signed with Buffalo, Marcel Darius, the defensive tackle from Alabama. Wow. I got to get through a segment with, Bob Schieffer, Marcel Darius, <laughs> and Larry Cable Guy. Now, can you imagine no, no. those three no. in one segment? And 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 uh, Dan Whitney is his real name. He, he looks at me and he says, don't worry, Tim, I'll stay for another segment. I, I said, no, 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 this is going to be fun. Because Marcel Darius is like, who is this guy? <laughs> he That's has beautiful. no idea who Bob Schieffer is. Okay? Oh, my gosh. Bob Schieffer. Wow does know Larry the Cable Guy, but has no idea who Marcel Darius is. And so I introduce them all three together at once. We do just a complete ad-lib uh, segment. It went really well. I had a, Schieffer was like falling off his chair laughing at, at Larry the Cable Guy. And Marcel Darius was kind of uh, into it too, but we just had a lot of fun. And uh, he and I became really good friends. And uh, my show was on daily, as you know, and, and he became a fan of the show. And we would go to him from time to time, just sort of lighten it up. And for years, he was after me about playing in his golf tournament. And, and because we had uh, daughters that were getting married in 2014 and 16, and we had babies coming in 18, and I, I could never make it, you know, because mm-hmm. his event was always in the spring uh, or early summer, and I could never make it. And finally, after 10 years, I, I got there. And uh, just had a wonderful time. He's he's so genuine. Yes, he is. Uh, he he puts a million dollars from his golf tournament into the Lincoln and surrounding area charities for um, for for uh, pediatric hospitals and NICUs and so many wonderful things. And he's been great to the people around me. Uh, the guys that produced me on my radio show that were there that day have been his guests at his box at uh, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. Uh, just because they know him and love him. He came and he he performed at the uh, Horseshoe Casino here a few years after we had met, and uh, 
He met my mom, who was probably 87 at the time. Mm. Couldn't have been nicer. though. took her backstage. And um, and since the, I started doing Big Ten games, Spencer and I, whenever we go into Lincoln for a game, we go in a day early, uh, always, before we meet with the coaches on Friday. We will go Thursday, and we'll go out to his house to watch Thursday night college football and have a little party at his compound. It's um, That's awesome. It's just an awesome friendship. And uh, – and one that I really cherish, and we had a great, great time. That's phenomenal. Tim, it's been a couple of weeks, and I wanted this to kind of settle down before I even asked you to come on the podcast with the, you know, Sabin Fisher and name, yeah. image, and likeness. And so this is kind of a huge topic, but in your opinion, name, image, likeness, look into your crystal ball a couple of years down the road. What, where are we heading with this? What's it going to be like for college sports, college football? Well, listen, we're in transition. I mean, we're in major transition, and uh, the people that are in control uh, have got to understand that. Uh, financially, uh, the game has never flourished any better than it is now. The Big Ten's about to strike a new television deal that, as you've seen reported, is, is, is led by Fox, it's, but it's going to be a mega network deal and maybe even some streaming to go with it, at least according to reports, that could, uh, could net them a billion dollars in television revenue, mm. a billion. Amazing. Okay, that's where the be. That's, that's even more than uh, the 650, 700 million that's been reported that the SEC got a couple of years ago from, from ESPN. So you take all of that into consideration. The revenues have never been higher, and uh, the need post-COVID for live sports television, no matter what sport we're talking about, has never been greater. Live sports television – it's killing it now. It's absolutely killing it uh, in the ratings. And people value it. Broadcasters value it. Well, that just means that the jobs at hand for the people in governance is, uh, is that much more important. So what have we seen with the NCAA since uh, the Supreme Court last July ruled 9 nothing against them when they tried to countersue on a, on a case that was brought 15 years ago? They, they voted 9 nothing against them. Mm-hmm. And since that time, Mark Emmert decided to walk away, decentralize the NCAA, and he's, re- he's retiring. Uh, who wants that job? Apparently not many, because it's a powerless position. The NCAA is basically now in, in place solely because of the men's NCAA basketball championship. Without that, they are a complete lame duck. Now, they've got that deal for another 10 years with Turner and CBS, so they'll be in business. They'll all have their offices. Uh, whoever replace, replaces Amert will probably get somewhere in the neighborhood of 3 or $4 million, but will be powerless when it comes to college football because uh, the group of five and the power five have decided to move on, and the power five especially so. The commissioners of those conferences have far more power than the president of the NCAA. So it all falls on them to deal with name, image, and likeness. And to this point, they've had no answer, no answer. And listen, I'm, I'm all for NIL. I think uh, we should have been uh, compensating players beyond just uh, books and tuition and uh, what they call now uh, um, you know, the um, cost of attendance for a long time. We should have been doing that years ago, but we, we didn't do it. And because the can was kicked down the curb for 15 years, we find ourselves in a position where both the NCAA is responsible for both the transfer portal's existence. Okay, they put that in place before NIL. And now you have NIL to go with the transfer portal, where either one of those would have put 
the universities and the college coaches and the commissioners and athletic directors in a pickle, even even if it had just been one of one of those two. Well, now we have both to deal with simultaneously. And what has happened is we now have we have uh, unrestricted free agency with no salary cap. Mm. I mean, that's what we have. Instead of uh, getting a firearm for the first time, I'll use that analogy, and you're trying to learn how to shoot a gun, it's ready, aim, fire. Well, what we've done here with college football, it's ready, fire, aim. We haven't really looked at the target yet, and we're, you know, the the genie's out of the bottle. That's a great analogy. So so how how do we get the genie back in the bottle is the question. Well, to me... Uh, the overwhelming question to me, Grant, is, you know, we just had this, uh, upon our taping of this conversation that you're putting out, uh, we're just 24 hours away from Matthew McConaughey's uh, yes. uh, very effective speech uh, with the press corps in Washington. Who is going to be the Matthew McConaughey of college football and speak with some common sense and from the center, do, in effect, a wake-up call on everybody else, whether they are far left or far right in politics. Well, in college football, it would be whether they're power five or group of five, how do we take care of Division One college football in total? Okay, Greg Sankey is, without question, the most powerful uh, commissioner of college athletics right now, but he's not empowered it's not his job to take care of all of college football. Yeah. It's his job to get separation for the SEC, which he's done a pretty good job of. But they can't compete with the number of households within the Big Ten. I mean, just do the Census Bureau thing. You'll find out there are a lot more households there, so they're going to make a lot more money. So huh. Kevin Warren is going to be right there with him in terms of power, okay, from a financial standpoint. But none of these guys that are in charge are looking out for the totality of of the product. They're only looking out for their own constituencies in their own conferences. And it's time that those guys, and I'll include Jim Phillips of the ACC, mm-hmm. George Klyakov of the Pac-12, and whoever replaces Bob Bowlesby in the Big 12, they have got to get together and, and come up with some answers between now and the end of the year. Okay, we're not going to see, and based on everyone I've talked to, and listen, they these are all good men, well-intentioned, and uh, highly educated that I do think really care about the sport. But right now, because of what the NCAA did, Grant, it's going to take federal legislation to help bail these guys out. They're going to need, and this is based on all the people I've talked to, this is scary. It's scary as hell. But they're going to need, in the midterms, one party to control both the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. They're going to need one yep. party to yep. control both the House and the Senate. Yep. And privately, I've been told they feel good that once the midterms are over, that they can turn to Washington with an understanding that they can find ways to regulate this in a manner as such that they can control keeping NIL becoming pay for play. Because pay for play is what no one wants. And we're seeing it over and over again in different articles mostly from people that write outside the realm of college football. Uh, And most of it is criticism coming from presidents like Mitch Daniels at Purdue, who wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post recently talking about pay-for-play. 
and and listen, a lot of these college presidents are as responsible for this, this issue as anything. They they should have seen this coming too, and they too didn't do anything about it. You can make a case that the NCAA is what working for and with in concert college presidents. So everybody here that's in power has got to listen. But I do think that there are ways to regulate it federally so that certain states don't have so much of an advantage over another. And that's what spawned all of this name calling that began with, uh, with Saban's conversation to a group of boosters and donors in, uh, in Birmingham that Jimbo Fisher picked up after he was wrongly accused for buying his entire team. Not just a class, but buying his entire team. Saban shouldn't have done that. He was making a lot of sense about what he, the, the, the system is, and he was trying to educate his, his own disciples and his donors, and he was also soliciting revenue. That's mm-hmm. what he was also doing. But he, he, he took Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M and threw them under the bus. And then he went after Deion Sanders inexplicably. Right. Threw uh, an HBCU program and Dion under the bus. I thought he came out of it. Dion looked like the smartest guy in the room by just saying, hey, you know, coach, I'm not going to take your apology privately. If you want to call me, set something up in public, let's do it. Let's have a nice debate. I, I thought that was the greatest reaction of all. And here we have just, what, days ago, Ryan Day talking to his uh, <laughs> his congregation in Columbus in mass and with microphones and television cameras running, saying it's going to take $13 million for me to keep my top 26 players intact. That is an awful look, regardless of what the real story is. We know what the story is, Coach. We understand that it's uh, a bad situation, the transition that we're in. But my God, think a little bit outside the box, will you? And stop being so insular with your views. These head coaches who are making $10 million or more are telling now everybody that's following their programs, hey, we need more. We're going to have 13 million or I'm not going to keep my best players. How bad of a look is that for college football to those people that don't care about it on a regular basis? You know, somebody give these coaches a PR 101 lesson, okay? All these donors, all these boosters have been supporting college football forever. These coaches have them on speed dial, Grant. They're on speed dial. Call them up. Tell them what you need. But don't go into a public setting anywhere where the media can grasp what's being said about how much it's going to take. It's just a bad look. And that's why college football for years, and you've heard me tell you this for years, needs a czar. It's not enough to have commissioners for individual conferences. We've got to have a voice saying something. And if they want to rotate the czar between the top five college commissioners, go, go do it. I'll, go get you some. I'm fine with that. But once you now have to reach out to Congress for help, and I, and I do think that's what's going to wind up happening, I really, really do, it shows just how weak you are as a body in terms of leadership. So we need someone with some sanity to come forward and say, listen, it's not just about what we're doing here in the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big 12. This is about saving college football, protecting the group of five schools so that we don't run them out of business. We got to think big picture here. That's that's the essence of it, mm. as best as I can give it to you. You called it free agency with no salary cap. So, with that said, will that even out the playing field where we won't see the, for lack of a better term, the dynasty that has been Alabama football? Well, I think that's a concern. 
You know what I mean? Uh, this is the thing, and this is where the head coaches, uh, in my in my view, just don't get a they don't they don't get this, and I don't understand it because Nick Saban's a very intelligent man. Much of what Nick said that night in Alabama about the circumstances were absolutely spot on. I believe he does care about the totality of college football. If if Nick were running for czar of college football, he'd get my vote. But he's not. He's a head football coach at Alabama. Okay, looking for an edge, and so he, in doing so, while, while he may have been uh, well-meaning, he threw a, a colleague and a guy that used to coach for him under the bus, and then ran over him once, and then backed up and ran over him again. You know, <laughs> you know, images and, and impressions in our world matter. But here's what's been happening, and this is this is the bottom line to the circumstances surrounding college football now. All right. Uh, USC can go do whatever they want to do now. And they've got advantages in California. Yep. The kid from Pitt that was a Blitnikoff winner has got his hand out. He, he's, he's like, hey, uh, I've only got one year left of eligibility. I want to get my money now. Mm-hmm. You throw me another 800000 I'm coming to USC. I get that. I understand that. If a player wants to discuss it, fine. But I don't want to hear Lincoln Riley talking about it. And I don't want to hear Nick Saban crying about how much more money he needs to keep up with the oil barons in College Station, Texas. It's a bad look. Fans will not have sympathy for multimillionaire head football coaches who are pissed off because they can't get the best four at every position. You know, for years, Nick has been able to just automatically go get the, the best three or four at every skilled position. And one or two might play, and then what happens to the other two? Great point. Do they, do they just wind up, do they finish school? Do they transfer? Do they have an opportunity? Well, now those kids are getting a break. They're getting a second chance. They're getting greater opportunity. Anybody telling you that that's bad for the game is out of their minds. It's good for the game. Yes, it is. But we have to regulate it, Grant. And here's another thing. When this new billion-dollar deal is, is announced with the Big Ten, you'll be hearing more and more about this. More columnists will be writing about it. And uh, a good way for all of this to be taken care of is is – <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars and now billions of dollars potentially from, you know, uh, television. It c- keeps flowing in from literally every source. Okay. What's wrong? What's wrong with finding a way to regulate things by streamlining some of that intake, some of that media money intake and not spending it on Niagara Falls inside the football facility at Alabama or for a Chuck E. Cheese inside the football facilities at uh, Clemson, but spreading some of that wealth throughout intercollegiate athletics and its student-athletes. A little revenue share might not be a bad choice. Why not do some of that? Well, if that's something that scares leaders into doing more to make this situation that they're currently in a little more manageable, then so be it. Go ahead and do that. But, uh, again, this is way outside, um, you know, my, my, my area, but, I, but I'm smart enough to know what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And when somebody asks my opinion, I'm going to give it. Leaders need to lead, and we need solutions. We don't need the leaders bitching and whining about the problems. And right now, that's what we're getting from the head coaches. And to some extent, I've heard a few athletic directors and presidents of universities doing the same thing. So everybody wise up. Keep everything that needs to be in-house, in-house, 
And, uh, and if you need additional revenue from your boosters, hit them on your speed dial and have a private conversation with them. We don't need it to be on the front page of the dispatch the next day in your local newspaper. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Coming up on Friday, we'll hear more from Tim Brando, part two. We talk about the live tour and other things that's coming up Friday on If You Don't Like That. Time now for our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. Tony wants to know what's your take on Jack Del Rio's $100,000 fine. Tony, stay tuned for my rant. Coming up next, Cameron wants to know, is Draymond a Hall of Famer? I think he deserves it no matter his statistics. I think he is a Hall of Famer. Yes, I do. He's a Hall of Famer on the floor. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer off the floor based on his actions as of late and the new media and all of that. And listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion and my opinion differs from his. And that's fine. That's what makes the world go round. I just think on the court, what he's done over his career and it's not over yet. I do think so. Yes, I do think uh, when it's all said and done. And again, I don't know how much longer he's going to play, but uh, he certainly would play for several more years. Uh, I would think. Very good question. Alex wants to know, what players should the Kings try to trade their draft pick for? Well, I don't know if they are trying to trade their draft pick. If they are, uh, they need to get a player that they already know is very good in the NBA. So we'll see. You know, the draft's coming up uh, right around the corner. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do. Keith asks, who do you have, the Lightning or the Avalanche? Keith, I like the Lightning. I think they're a more veteran team. I think the Avalanche, too long of a layoff. That could uh, hurt them tomorrow in game one. Uh, Vasilevsky in net is just incredible. I think the Lightning are going to win their third in a row. I really do. I really do. All right, Stephen wants to know, will the Packers hold on to Jordan Love until Aaron Rodgers retires? I would think so. What are they going to do with him? Doug asks, what do you think of the Kings trying to trade up for Chet Holmgren? That doesn't make any sense at all. Why would you trade up for Chet Holmgren? I mean, the guy weighs 195 pounds. You're going to wait three years 
until he is effective because he will have an NBA body, the Kings don't have three years to wait. Doug, unless they feel that he is in no ifs, ands, or buts about it, big-time star, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Dominic wants to know, am I a fan of horse racing? Uh, I am not. Dakota asks, is it alarming that Anthony Davis hasn't shot a basketball in over two months? No, it's June. The season doesn't start until October. So, no, I don't. Jacob wants to know, what do you think of Bobby Knight as a coach? I was never a fan of Bobby Knight, but I have talked to a lot of players that have played for him that I've gotten to know over the years, uh, and they speak very highly of him uh, as a basketball coach, so I'll leave it up to them. I'll leave it up to them. Sam asks, how should Ed Hickok's mistake be handled? Why, because he missed a call? Because he called a pitch a ball instead of a strike? He made a mistake. It was a bad call. How's it handled? I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he's going to lose his job or anything. Yeah, he made a mistake. He missed a pitch. It happens. It's not the end of the world. Hey, just go to CrowdUltra.com, and again, maybe I'll answer your question on Friday's podcast. It's time for All right, well, I'm going to get into this. Uh, Jack Del Rio fined $100,000 by the head coach of the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera, for his comments last week. I think we can all agree on this. I would hope that we can all agree on this. His words that he used to describe the events at the Capitol on January 6th as a dust-up were flat-out wrong, and you could say ignorant, all right? I think we can all agree on that. If you can't agree on that, then you know what? Go listen to someone else's podcast, all right? I think we can all agree on that. But you want to talk about get carried away. Ron Rivera, you know, talking about the BLM protest following George Floyd's murder at the end of May and using the word peaceful, either my memory is really bad or my definition and Ron Rivera's definition of peaceful are way different. Even former NFL coach Jeff Fisher weighed in on this. Quote, I went down the middle my whole career, and I respected everybody for whatever they believed in, and everyone should have an opportunity to talk about what they believe in. But to create narratives that aren't true, on first glance, I was a little disappointed with Ron. I was teammates with Ron. And for him to come out, it was like some speechwriter wrote a statement. And it's not true. There were not deaths, like he mentioned. There weren't deaths. And he put that in his statement. Just tell the truth. And if you don't know it, then keep your mouth shut. Then you get Stephen A. Smith on ESPN, who said that Del Rio does not understand the importance of the BLM riots from 2020. Are you ready for this? Because he is white. I'm white too, and you know what I saw, Stephen A? I saw some peaceful protests. Yes, I did. But I also saw a lot of protests where people's businesses were burnt down to the ground and law enforcement vehicles were destroyed and set on fire. People's lives were ruined, and there were people that lost their lives. You know, Jack Del Rio's color of his skin really doesn't factor into this in terms of what he said, all right? Get off this, would you please? Everything turns in the race, all the freaking time. Del Rio was wrong. He was wrong for the words dust up as it relates to what happened at the Capitol January 6th. We acknowledge that, all right? We acknowledge that. But stop it already with talking about Jack Del Rio being white 
and doesn't understand what he saw with the riots and the looting. All right. I mean, I, what the hell is the world coming to now? And, and, and listen, I don't know whether Jack Del Rio should have been fined or not. Here's what I do know. Ron Rivera is not dealing with freaking reality if he thinks what happened following George Floyd's murder were peaceful protests. And if you think that they were peaceful protests, well, then you and I have a difference of opinion. There were some peaceful protests, yes. There were actually many peaceful protests. But there were a lot of protests that turned into riots, looting, and I just went over this a moment ago. So stop it with this nonsense, would you please? And that's my rant for today. And that is my podcast for today. Hope you have a fabulous couple of days before we get you ready for part two of my interview with Tim Brando. That's coming up on Friday. So long, everybody, and thanks for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.